Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Donaldson Files here on the Bachelor News Radio Network. Uh, uh, we got Coco Kosky is here, and and bef- you know, I am the chairman of America's Back. I'm also the project director for America's Majority Foundation, and I am the author of eight books. None of yet are bestsellers, but they all should be. And Coco, why don't you tell everybody all about yourself? Hey guys, what's going on? My name's Coco. I'm a writer. Um, I'm in marketing, and I live here in beautiful Burbank, California. And for those older people, um, that's basically a Johnny Carson uh, intro. Yeah, that's right. He, he his show was Burbank, wasn't it? I live a block away from where his studio was. Ooh, so. Wow. Uh, couple blocks away um yeah and every every morning they or every show they were like from beautiful downtown burbank mm. yes yeah remember that show laugh it uh yeah because that did that one of the lines they used here we are from downtown burbank well i think a lot well um back in the day there were a lot of studios Burbank is known to be the studio capital. We have Warner Brothers. We have, um, we we have the Warner Ranch. Um, basically, what the Warner Ranch is, um, I live very close by to that. Um, it's the back of every single show from Warner Brothers that you would see. That's their back lot. So um, I, I actually yeah. can view the tower, the the Warner Brother Tower from my apartment. So I'm very close by there. Um, and so a lot of, especially in the 70s and 60s, uh, yeah. all the studios were located in Burbank. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I, oh, oh, by the way, before we go any further, uh, yesterday was your birthday. So happy oh, birthday. Oh, boy. But, yeah, it was. So kind of um, tell, what did you, you want to know how, how I handled it? Do you want to know how I, yeah. ha- I handled it so horribly? Um the whole day, I took the day off work yesterday because I'm not working on my birthday, first of all. Um, and I was crying the whole morning to the point where my boyfriend was just like, uh, are you being serious or are you joking? And I was totally serious. I was, I was absolutely in tears because I was turning 33 and like, you know, uh, I ended up having dinner with my parents and Steve and we, we went to Morton's 
which was so good, Tom. It was better than I thought it was going to be, to be honest, because uh, I was there on in February for Valentine's Day. They had a Valentine's Day dinner special. And so we went there, but we got takeout. We didn't sit out because at that point we're not, we weren't sitting at restaurants. Now we're kind of gravitating being outdoors and we feel safe enough to do so. Um, It was so great yesterday because everybody was eating indoors and we had the whole patio area to ourselves at Morton's for like two hours. Yeah. So it it was great. You know, they had heaters, you know, there, it was, it was, it was kind of weird going in there to see the ba- to go to the bathroom and see like so many people eating there, and I was like, I would be so skeeved right now if I had to eat indoors. But um, no, it was so good. Um, I little I went we went a little crazy because we ended up getting lobster, oysters, steaks, like literally every single thing off the menu. So, um, but. It was awesome, and I didn't know this, Tom, but they actually, if you're if you're gluten intolerant like I am, they actually have a special menu designated for people oh. with celiac. So I did not know that. that yeah, made me super happy. Like you could actually have like desserts that they create for people that have gluten allergies. Yeah. So I was very happy. It was awesome. You know, we were there for like two hours, pretty much. <laughs> it was like a long time, but. Um, no, it was a good birthday. You know, it's a birthday. You know, I'm 33 now. Uh, it's hard yeah, to digest, so, but you're so old. I felt <laughs> old, Tom. If I tell you, I, I, I literally was crying yesterday for about three hours because I had turned 33. I, I, I know it sounds stupid to some people, but you know, I, I, it, to me, it was like I just remember graduating high school like it was last year. And now I'm 33, and so I was having a little meltdown. I mean, like, a little is, like, a lot. I was, like, screaming and crying, and, like, I was acting like a total child, basically. I was just like, you don't understand what this means for me. So, um, but, you know, everything's fine, and uh, we had an amazing time. So, and we're doing our first outdoor activity on April 4th. We're going to go to the L.A. Zoo which is going to be so much fun because I love animals. And yeah. on Thursday, I will be getting my vaccination. Um, I have an appointment. And the good news, um, so I want to talk about on the show, the good news is it's only 10 minutes away from me. So I'm not yeah. going to have to drive two hours away to get my vaccine. Thank God. Mm-hmm. Well, I think, yeah, it, it, what you know, what are we going to do? We're going to take the first portion of the show. We're going to talk about uh, vaccines, uh, and we're going to kind of review some of the data here, you know, you know, how each state is doing, and we're going to talk about how you should get a vaccine. I know you mentioned, and we're going to have, and I want you to kind of talk about, uh, you know, scam artists are charging people money. Right. So we want to get into right. that. So, so but sure. before we do, this is Tom, yeah, this is Tom Donaldson here, here on the on the Donaldson Files and the Bachelor News Radio Network. If you want to listen to this show and other great past shows of the Donaldson Files, here's what you do. You go to the Bachelor News Radio Network dot com. Donaldson Files. And then you go look at the most recent shows we have. And so you can listen to this at any time. 
at your convenience because this is going to be one of those shows you're going to want to listen to again and again and again over the next couple of weeks because we're going to give you a hint on how to make sure you get the vaccine. And, you know, we're going to talk about you know, our experience with vaccines and what you might want to do to make sure you get it and also avoid yourself from getting scammed. So this is Tom Donaldson here on the Bachelor News Radio Network with Coco Konski on the Donaldson Files. Go, Caleb! Come on, hit a homer, Jesse! Go, guys! Hey, did you guys know that kids who play sports earn more money when they grow up? Of course. I, I knew that. Hey, did you guys know that kids who read books have a bigger vocabulary? Oh, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Wow, Jinx. <laughs> did you guys know that friendly children have more friends? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That's true. I knew that. Did you guys know that winter babies are better at music? Everyone knows that. Oh, yeah? yeah pretty obvious. Yeah, yeah so yeah. obvious. Oh, hey, guys, did you know that most people think they're using the right car seat for their kid, but they're not? Huh, I didn't know that. I'm pretty sure I knew that. I'm pretty sure you didn't. Parents who really know it all know for sure that their child is in the right car seat at the right age and size. Visit safercar.gov slash the right seat to make sure your child is protected. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Since Buffalo Wild Wings is always open late, here are a few things you'll enjoy. Buzzer beaters, wings in 21 signature sauces and seasonings, and great deals on food and beer. Grab select domestic draft beers starting at $4. $4 shareables like street tacos, fried pickles, chili queso dip, mozzarella sticks, and roasted garlic mushrooms, and deals on select liquor and house cocktails. Phew, that's a mouthful. Catch all of the late night action. Buffalo Wild Wings, wings, beer, sports. Offers and participation vary. Please drink responsibly. Void where prohibited. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, back to the Johnson Files. If, if you want to uh, call in, you call in at 646 929 0130. 646 929 0130. All right. Um, okay. Uh, okay. So, all right. So, to, you're, tomorrow you're going to get your vaccine. Thursday. Oh, Thursday. Okay, Thursday. Yeah. How I did it, um, for those of you who are interested in this, um, now, these are for people who have um, health problems, like if you have asthma, COPD, if you're a smoker. Um, what I did was I – there are two websites you can look into. One is called carbonhealth.com. And that's for testing centers or, or vaccine centers um, around where you live. There, there'll be like a few. And the thing is, is if it, if you go on there, you fill out your information, um, and it doesn't show that they have any available. You just keep refreshing until you see that. Because I have the same problem where someone told me I could get my vaccine, so I went on there, and you know. It just said no available appointments. An hour later, and I was able to get one. So um, just because it says that it's full to the max, you just have to keep trying. The other thing you can do, and this is the one that I ended up doing because it's so much closer to me, um, I went on RiteAid.com. So if you live near a Rite Aid, there is a good chance you can get in. Now, I have asthma 
I also have, uh, I've had COPD in the past, but since I had that in the past, I was able to get an appointment pretty quickly. Um, I did this on Saturday and I was able to score an appointment for Thursday, which is pretty, pretty damn quick. And um, what you do is you click on the Rite Aid, you click on health problems or what you have, um, and you click on that exact health problem that you have or you've had in the past, and they will do everything for you. They will book the appointment. You will get an an email, also a text message uh, stating your appointment, and I guarantee you it's going to be within, like, five miles of, of, you know, where you live, because I, I got a bunch, I have a Rite Aid um, in Burbank, but they didn't have any until um, early April, but about five minutes away from Burbank, uh, Studio City, California, Los Angeles, they had immediate available appointments, so I obviously took that, um, and they also scheduled my second shot for the 13th. So I am literally all set with my two shots. And, again, you just log on to Rite Aid uh, for the vaccine. And if you're going to do a testing site and you're willing to drive maybe a little further to get your vaccine, um, the website is called carbonhealth.com. And I learned this through a very, very, very lovely lady who is a reporter. Um, Her name is Stephanie her name is Stephanie Mickis, um, and she goes by Smickable. She is located in Los Angeles, and she's the one that really helped me set up this appointment. She's off, you know, she's just a writer out here in L.A., and she's been giving so many people appointments, getting their vaccine, helping them, and um, I couldn't be happier because without her, I would not have known – about this website at all because what's happening well real quick what's happening right now and i have a friend of mine who's a nurse and you know we were talking um earlier this week about what's going on as far as you know trying to get your your vaccine and what's going on is that they're not showing all the places um and the thing is, you're going to have to sign a document, which you actually can get through your doctor, which is what I did. I went through my doctor, and they actually texted me uh, a document to sign that says you're a high risk. Um, you can use your iPhone to copy the document, then in the picture editor, use markup to sign it. Pretty simple. You literally can do this through your phone. Um, there's also vaccinefinder.org. And as you can see, um, there's so much misinformation like all over the place, um, and we're going to get into that. But uh, again, Carbon Health, yeah. you know, dot com, as well as Vaccine Finder and Rite Aid are what I recommend. Okay. Well, here's the thing. Okay, like in Iowa, you know, uh, and I noticed here in California. Maybe you're going to talk about this because it says right here, "My turn, California, go." So it sounds so. It sounds like to me that there is a website where they talk about check eligibility, registration. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And if I understand this correctly, so basically you have to register, they'll check your eligibility, and then you can set up an appointment through here, this website. Uh, 
Right. Have the you tried I that recommend... at all, or what's the what's the issues with that, plus or minus? Well, I mean, and here's the thing: you don't need an ID to get your vaccine shot because, I mean, a lot of homeless people they don't have IDs and they're getting theirs as well. So um, anybody who tells you you need an ID, you literally don't. Um, you also do not need a doctor's note. So this is something that I came across because I was kind of desperate times, and um, yeah. I wanted I wanted to get my vaccine already, you know, and. Interesting enough, when before after I found the whole Rite Aid thing and I went on their website and it specifically says you do not need a doctor's note if you have severe health problems. And that really got me thinking mm-hmm. that, oh, my God, Tom, I am so happy I didn't pay $150 for that stupid fake note because it's basically a scam. And yeah. what they do is that they're basically, you know, they say they take insurance which it's not because if you, if you, they took insurance, like you, they wouldn't, it wouldn't cost you anything to be honest. And um, what it says is called get a real doctor's note online in just 15 minutes. Um, Should I say the name of the website? I don't want to get in trouble. Uh, I don't know if it's a, uh, yeah, go right ahead. I mean, I don't know. All right. Okay. So it's called, it's called, they're charging a hundred bucks. Yeah. Care.com. And basically, it's like they'll like request a doctor's note, and um, you know they'll charge you like if you have insurance, they're gonna charge you like twenty five bucks, and if you don't have insurance, it's like ninety nine dollars. But you basically do not need a doctor's note to get the vaccine. You do not. Yeah. There are plenty of people. First of all, the vaccine is free, so anybody claiming that they're gonna charge you for the vaccine, do not go. That is not how it works. There's no charge for the vaccine. There's no need for a doctor's note. Um, there's really not. It, it literally says that in the fine print when you when you log on to RiteAid.com and search for the vaccines, it says there's no need for a doctor's note. So whatever yeah. this company is doing, it's utter bullshit, and it's pretty disgusting because they're they're literally just they're just trying to make money, and I get it, but come on. Well, I mean, here's the thing. Uh, yeah, it, that's a good point because, like, say, because I'm looking at, it, I mean, like, say, in California, it sounds like to me you can get online, and it also sounds like to me, uh, you know, so I kind of repeat one again. You know, so basically, your reporter friend hooks you up with like so Rite Aid. You can make appointments to Rite Aid in the various pharmacies located near you. Is that what so, you're saying? So this is what you do. So if you type in Rite Aid vaccine on Google, there's going to RiteAid.com. They're going to take it to vaccines and immunizations, all right? So yeah. and then what you're going to do, once you do that, you're going to, um, you know, there's different types of vaccines, you know, um, but what you do is you go to the COVID vaccine site, and um, eligibility. There's eligibility information and scheduling, so you're going to click eligible, um, you know, um, and savings. So basically, and this is they have a whole list of all the states, and if you're eligible, like California, if your age is 18 and older with a high risk condition. Um, you know, you can you can get your vaccine, but places like Colorado, Connecticut, 
uh, Idaho. Um, they they are not doing that. So it all depends on your yeah. state. Like since I'm in California, I can do that. Um, yeah. And then you know, then they after you look on that page, there each state has their own website. So it's going to be. Yeah. Um, you, you sign up for the vaccine, as you will. Um, fill out, you know, they basically will check your eligibility to see if you are, you know, eligible to get it. So um, that's pretty much what you do, and I, I think it's great. They're pretty well organized. Um, well, here's James. Okay, I'm going to say, like, let's say Florida is a good example here because uh, Florida also has a website. It's Florida Health COVID 19.gov vaccines. And now here's what they do, and I'll, you know, and after the break, uh, you know, I'll go into how we do it in Iowa. Okay, they have a you know, the first thing they have is they'll say all persons 50 years of age and older are eligible to receive the vaccine. So now they, so they give you the date, and they give you the age, and they have kind of a timeline uh, of people eligible. Uh, for example, WK. I mean, here's the thing based on March 22nd. All individuals over the age of 50 eligible to receive the vaccine. 60 plus. You know, vaccines are free in Florida. Uh, and the other thing, too, they have a form sitting right here. It says, use the vaccine finder. You click on the finder, and they literally have all of the places you can get vaccines in the state of Florida. So right. if you. Yeah, so it's it's kind of a nice way of doing it because what you do is you just simply, you know, click on a specific town, and they'll say, okay, uh, let me give an example here, uh, Homestead, Florida. They got, uh, oh, say, you know, they got about three different loc, you know, got like three different locations where you can get vaccines in that area. Uh, so. And so that's the smart thing. The first thing to do is, you know, look at your state uh, and where that's at, and we'll discuss this further here. This is Tom Donaldson here on the Bachelor News Radio Network, Donaldson Files and Coco Konsky. Stay tuned. We're talking how to get your vaccine. Since Buffalo Wild Wings is always open late, here are a few things you'll enjoy. Buzzer beaters, wings in 21 signature sauces and seasonings, and great deals on food and beer. Grab select domestic draft beers starting at $4. $4 shareables like street tacos, fried pickles, chili queso dip, mozzarella sticks, and roasted garlic mushrooms, and deals on select liquor and house cocktails. Phew, that's a mouthful. Catch all of the late night action. Buffalo Wild Wings, wings, beer, sports. Offers and participation vary. Please drink responsibly. Void where prohibited. I never get the flu. My kids don't need more shots. I don't have time. We're all healthy. My asthma's under control. I'm pregnant. I've had the flu. It's not a big deal. My kids are too old the for flu. The media is exaggerated. I can fight it naturally. No matter how you build your excuses, the flu can blow your house down. Keep your foundation strong. Vaccinate. Learn more at flu.gov. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Yeah, and look, if you want to be a sponsor of this show or any other show of the Back to News Radio Network, listen to this very carefully. LABachelor40 at gmail.com. LABachelor40 at gmail.com. 
Send an email. We'll put. We'll get somebody to contact you. We'll get you a program, and you can be a sponsor of this program. What this means on the Donaldson Files, you get three ads. For myself, we'll we'll also mention what a great show you have or what a great product you have because that's the kind of people we are. And in addition to that, you'll even allow you on the show to talk about your product or your company or on a, once a month. You know, you get a whole segment to yourself saying why. You know, what a great company are and give you a chance to talk about it. So those, uh, so you can do all of those things. Call. So here's the deal: LA Bachelor Gmail, uh, LA Bachelor Forty at Gmail dot com. LA Bachelor Forty at Gmail dot com, and we'll get somebody to contact you, and we'll get the process going here. Uh, here at the Bachelor News Radio Network. If you got any questions about. Uh, in your state, uh, vaccines and what, how to get them, uh, call 646-0130, Okay. Right. Now back. Okay. Now here's the thing in Iowa. We, we, yeah, you know, you know, in Iowa, okay, you go on the website there, coronavirus.liowa.gov. Uh, they have a page. And they'll have like the allocation, you know, you know allocation, the administration, and then they have vaccine provided. Now I live in Lynn County, so they literally have something like about 19 uh, sites, which includes uh, the community health center, which is the free health clinic, Eastern Iowa Health Center. These are two, like I say, free health clinics. Uh, that deals with the underserved. Uh, they also have okay a list of it's right in Iowa, in Iowa State, the Cedar Rapids area. I B is like one of the B pharmacy that provides it. Uh, the Lynn County Public Health Department. Now, how I got it because also the Mercy Care Health Plaza and St. Luke's uh, Hospital, which is basically what we call the Unity Drug Unity Group, uh, they too keep as a, and the way they have done, like in the case of Mercy Care, uh, they have a pretty good set of records. And so I actually got an email saying, uh, "Congratulations, you're 67 years old. It's your turn." And the thing is, they do a pretty good job because they, you know, when you sign up, they have enough. I mean, they I mean, they know. That the number of people coming in a particular day, how much vaccines will be needed. So they're not going to allow you seven appointments unless they know we have the vaccine there for you. Right. So that's how I did it. And I, you know, my first shot, then on my second shot, uh, you know, they went ahead and set you up with a second appointment. Okay, let's go ahead and set you up. So they set you up with a second appointment. You're right there and there. Uh, and, uh, and they, you know, because they want to make sure it's 21 days, and I went for my second appointment. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was rather an easy process. Uh, again, you can call the pharmacy, you can call, you know, the high pharmacy in our area, the public health, or, or like I say, the best thing I would suggest to anybody in, in, the, in the Cedar Rapids area, you know, call your family physician, figure out which group they're in, uh, your eligibility, and then. They will direct you to a website, or they'll direct you how best to set this up through the uh, healthcare center that you're at. Uh, 
Uh, and so, and the other thing too is is that they do have plenty of space because when they do this, they set you up space wise. And this is kind of important because when you get there, you take a shot. You got to wait about you know fifteen to twenty minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that way, they make sure you don't have any side effects. Uh, uh, or at least anything of a serious anaphylactic reaction there. So you wait about 20 minutes. They have a nice hallway uh, where people are like three feet, now it's officially three feet apart. Uh, you wear your mask while you're waiting around. So, and, and of course, the other thing is to the side effects. I'll be honest with you. Uh, you know, I, I would say that the second shot. What people tell me has been their worst. I've had the second shot, but I have to be honest with you, I didn't have much of a side effect. I had sore muscle, but I went and yeah, swam. That's normal. You know, yeah, that, that's totally normal. Yeah, I, yeah. well, here's the thing. I, I went and swam for one day. I went and swam that afternoon. didn't feel too bad. And the next day, I woke up, God, my shoulder. I mean, it just felt like, God, my arm's really sore. But the funny thing about it, I exercised my arm. And I don't know if that had anything to do with it. But by the time I finished my swim the following day, it was like 90% of the pain was gone. So I don't know if just getting in that water and just loosening it up had anything to do with it. Uh, my wife basically, uh, you know, she just has felt tired for two or three days uh, on the second dose. All right. Uh, and uh, and that's basically, I mean, that's been basically uh, her side effects. I know my daughter, and I don't know which, now we had the Pfizer brand. Yeah, we both had Pfizer. Uh, and I don't know my, my oldest daughter. She, as a professor at the Nevada University System, she was kind of also was able to get her shot as a, uh, based on her teaching. And, uh, and she mentioned to me, and again, I don't know which brand she got. Uh, but she kind of felt like the first shot is no big deal. The second shot, it appeared that you had a, uh, kind of a you know, flu-like symptoms for about 24 hours. She felt kind of a little bit feverish, a little bit like she had the flu, and then it went away. So it, yeah, I mean, I I I have talked to uh, my my boyfriend's parents have both received theirs, and they they were completely fine. Um, they honestly didn't feel anything. Um, but again, different people are gonna have different side effects not everybody just because one person has a side effect doesn't mean you're going to have the same side effect you know um especially with flu shots with me you know how when most people get their flu shot they feel sick yeah yeah i have never had that i have never in my life had a flu shot and i feel sick the next day i've never had that so Mm -hmm. um i don't know how i'll probably be fine um but again it's better than getting COVID itself (laughs) trust me on that yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, you only have to get one because you got the COVID, so basically you just need to get the one shot, correct? Yes. Yeah. So, and that's the other thing. That's gonna be nice for you. That means the the one shot that you have the least amount of side effects. If you have any, will be that. <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah, uh, for sure. I mean, yeah. now, has your boy now, has your boyfriend been uh, vaccinated or is it not his age yet? Um, not yet, but the thing is, there is going to be, um, what do you call it, um, 
for people in the entertainment industry um, working in film yeah. like he is, there will be um, a place for them to get it. So okay. I'm really excited about that. Oh, okay. So he'll get his regard. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Good. Well, I mean, here's the thing. Here's the point we're making because, you know, a lot of people, you know, you know the side effects. Of, again, most of the side effects that people have told me they've had, you know, they tend to go away. Uh, they tend to be the second shots if you get it, but they tend to go away. And, and, and as I stated, I didn't, the only thing I have is a sore arm. You know, sore muscles in my you know, arm and uh, and also I get a little card. Uh, right. Uh, with space, with space, I've been vaccinated, so I guess if I go on trips, I'm going to take that card with me. So if anybody says, "Hey, dude, I've been vaccinated," you know, here's my vaccination proof right here. So yeah, uh, I absolutely think you should need it. I think you absolutely should need it, and I'll tell you why. Um, I got banned from uh, Facebook for seven days, Tom. Um, yeah. Shocking, I know. Um, because yeah. there was a guy on there who was claiming that he was going to tell people he had been vaccinated, even though he plans on not getting the vaccination. And if there are people yeah. like that telling you that on a public Facebook post, yeah, you know, I, I don't trust people by their word. So I absolutely believe I, I absolutely love the fact that people are getting their vaccination cards because yeah. you, you know someone could tell you something and then obviously not be true like this one guy was doing, and you know, you know then then what? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, so yeah, I mean, so I mean, basically, uh, you know, it's again, it's. You know, and like I say, here's the thing I want to say to people right now. This is like a first generation vaccine. Okay, folks? It's one of those things where this is a first generation. So when people, you know, and so there are going to be some side effects. And this is something that's been pushed. I mean, this is part of, uh, you know, Operation Warp Speed. And and, and people, I mean, so people understand is, okay, there are going to be side effects with some of these vaccines. This is like a first generation. So you know, I anticipate that down the road, because uh, I do think that COVID, along with the flu, is going to be something that's going to be with us every respiratory season. Uh, as more people get immunity, I anticipate, you know, what we see with the flu, namely people have some sort of antibodies, but they may still get somewhat sick. You may have a different variation of it. And I do think that's going to happen as well. And so, but I do think that, you know, people have to understand this is like a first generation, but to be able to do this to the way they've done this is absolutely miraculous. And I can remember, because by the way, I will say, I was one of the very few people who stated on this network, that this would happen. I actually stated that this would happen. And I remember having our good friend Lauren just poop, you know, say to me, no, that's not going to happen because she was going at the past history of the vaccine. But I just had this feeling that I just knew you, you unleash, you, you unleash the market. 
you unleash the private sector, you get these people up in gin, this was going to happen. That this was going to happen. So, uh, and I think this is one of those miraculous things that you have to look at and just say to yourself, you know, how fortunate it is because, uh, you, know, we'll, you know, we'll talk a little bit after the break, because if you live in Europe, fleet fiasco. And, uh, and we'll kind of talk about that a little bit because it's like it's been a complete fiasco. You know, what's going on in Europe? I mean, they, you know, they, you know, they're, you know, they've had issues with the vaccines. The Europeans, you know, EU has been playing some games with the vaccine approval. Well, I mean, uh, there's also good variants, too. I mean, that's why Paris is closed down for a month. Yeah, but we've had some of the variants here. I mean, the thing is, a lot of these vaccines do have impact on the variants. Uh, I mean, they've been tested on it. So, the uh, so I don't, you know, you know, that's an aspect that comes to play. But I'm just going to say very clearly that, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm going to be, you know, very clear that a part of this, to be quite frank about it, is dealing with the fact that you have a, you know, a, a bureaucracy. That's you know that's not necessarily been attentive uh, to their needs, and we'll go more into that detail here as we after our next break. Here, this is Tom Donaldson, Coco Konski. We're talking vaccines today here on the Bachelor News Radio Network. You might know me. I'm Fifty Cent. You may follow my tweets, my Facebook friends. Odds are, a few in six degrees separate us. We're that close. What's crazy is one in six don't know where their next meal is coming from. These are your co-workers, your neighbors, your friends. Hunger is too close for us to ignore. So visit feedingamerica.org slash hunger and find your local food bank to see how you can make a difference. From one close friend to another, let's do this. I'm 50 Cent, and together we are Feeding America. A message from Feeding America and the Ad Council. Since Buffalo Wild Wings is always open late, here are a few things you'll enjoy. Buzzer beaters, wings in 21 signature sauces and seasonings, and great deals on food and beer. Grab select domestic draft beers starting at $4. $4 shareables like street tacos, fried pickles, chili queso dip, mozzarella sticks, and roasted garlic mushrooms, and deals on select liquor and house cocktails. Phew, that's a mouthful. Catch all of the late night action. Buffalo Wild Wings, wings, beer, sports. Offers and participation vary. Please drink responsibly. Void where prohibited. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Johnson Files here on the Bachelor News Radio Network. If you got any questions about vaccines today, call in 646-929-0130, 646-929-0130, and we'll be happy to look up your state and tell you how best to get your vaccine. Uh, we're sitting right here with everything in front of us, so do exactly that. And uh, we're going to get a little bit into your, but I do want to, you know, and also, if you want to advertise on this show, here's what you do. L-A-Bachelor40 at gmail.com. Send us an email, and you can be a sponsor of this show. You can be a sponsor of an hour. Here's what we're going to give you. We're going to give you four, three ads plus one mention. You get to be interviewed once a month to talk about your company, or if you want to just talk about any issues in general, we'll even give you that opportunity as well. And Coco and I will be more than happy, uh, like I say, to present that you have to offer to our hundreds of thousands 
of people who listen every day, not just to the live broadcast, but to the Bachelor News Radio Network.com website where we can you can go back, listen to past great shows, and and this is important for all you advertisers, is that your ad will be on our show, even in the repeat podcast, forever. So that means you will be heard time and time and time again. It, and this is a fast-growing network. We got variety of shows from Dr. Larry Locker talking, of course, L.A. Bachelors, uh, his own show uh, from right to left to right, and everything in between. Um, so, give us a call. Talk to us. You'll love, you'll love the results. Trust me. And trust Coco, right, Coco? It, it, Absolutely. Right there, it is. Yes. And, yeah. So okay. Now there are a couple of things I do. I'm going to get a little very in the the European side very quickly, but here's the other thing I wanted to kind of uh, look at here because there's, there's some statistical in that just to kind of show you that you know actually you know there's a lot of you know talk about what's going down and how this all is happening, but you know what you know when it's all said and done when you look at you know everything that's been done here and I'm going to look at some of the states. Uh, uh, data here, but I'll give you some kind of an idea. Uh, some of the states have been pretty good at this so far. Uh, okay, let me kind of give an example here. Uh, right now, if you look at the different states, the majority yes. of states have seen, you know, sixty percent above for, let's say, at least one dose by the state residents, five and over. And California's like got 72%. Iowa's got 75%. South Dakota's got the highest at 81. Uh, let me see here. Uh, Florida's got about 70%. Uh, and so most of these states are actually doing fairly decent. And I mean, we hear a lot of talk about everything, you know, as they say, going hell in a handbasket, and there's a lot of different. And I'm going to, by the way, I'm going to put this data on our Twitter site at DonaldsonFiles.com. I said at DonaldsonFiles on Twitter, this on our website, DonaldsonTFiles.com. So you can see how your state is uh, doing and the number of people that are being vaccinated with at least one dose. Those over 80 plus, 65 and over, uh, just to give you kind of an idea, you have know, been vaccinated with the total dosing, the whole ball of wax. So yeah, there's some pretty, like I say, I mean, it's it's uh, it's not the end of the world. I mean, the only, you know, I mean, the, to be honest with you, when you look at the major states, most of the states have done well. I've given you California, your state. I gave it to Iowa, my state. Uh, I mean, other than New York, and Hawaii, and Oregon are the ones that, you know, New York, Hawaii, and Alabama and pretty much taken up the rear. So I guess there's another reason why if you didn't like 
uh, Andrew Cuomo, there's yet another reason why not to like him. Uh, even, you know, so compared to other governors, he has basically performed, got pretty badly across the board. But, uh, yeah. But so we're going to put that data up there. Uh, well, let me ask you a question. What's your thoughts of your, your state, how they've been doing overall? I think we're doing pretty damn good. Um, I wasn't, I'm not crazy about obviously opening indoor dining. I think that was kind of a mistake. Um, because I feel like outdoor dining was perfectly fine. You know, you were away from people, but you know, like, and I still like to this day, like, I'm not going to go to a place that's like super crowded. Like, um, like I said, like the other, the, a couple of weeks ago, uh, I ended up in Santa Monica and, I was thinking, oh, well, like, let's go check out the pier. And there's this huge sign on the pier that says, please keep your distance. Tom, it looked like I just entered Disneyland with the crowd. And there was no way in hell, even though it was outdoor, people were, like, squished like sardines. And I'm like, I'm not putting myself in that position. Like, we're so close to being vaccinated, you know, one slip up and I'm effed. So I wasn't going to do that at all. So um, a lot of the times um, we're doing pretty good, except for this. In Burbank, we have a, we have this restaurant in Burbank, and I hope it yeah. gets burned to the ground, Tom. Um, it's yeah. to the mm-hmm. point where the where the police are like not doing crap as usual, and this restaurant. It's had its power shut off. It's had its liquor license taken away. The city padlocked the door, and they are still in business. They are still in business. It it, it really it it kind of really pisses me off, because there are restaurants that need to survive that have followed COVID rules, and this one restaurant has not, and it it is just, it's a total mess. It's a total mess. They literally the the city padlocked their restaurant. And you know what they did? They broke the padlock and decided to open anyways. It's ridiculous. What? Yeah. What? Yeah. In Iowa, we pretty much have moved a little bit forward on that particular score. Because okay, we've that's got fine, to, but that's Iowa, that's not California, and you're not following California laws like you should be shut down. Huh. You should you know, be shut down. That. Yeah, I'm just saying, I mean, right now I'm at a point where I can do 85 to 90 percent of what I could do before the virus. Uh, well, and that's fine, but I'm not so, going to do that. And especially in California, like right now, like no. if you have a restaurant who who is completely defiant of the city and who really is just like it's just a total, it's just a dick move. Um, you know, if if you have your, your restaurant get shut down and you just decide to reopen it and you know you're not going to face repercussions because the police are very friendly with the owner, you know what, I, I truly hope someone burns that place to the ground. I really do because it, it, yeah. it's basically an F you to all the other restaurants around our area who have followed the rules um, in place. Yeah. And I don't right. know what, well, what makes Okay. Well, like you say, in my case, uh, I'm, I'm kind of happy with the state of Florida. I mean, Iowa, we've done pretty well uh, overall. You know, there's enough freedom that one can go to restaurants. Uh, you know, even when you know when we have the mask mandates, and you know, because uh, they did a pretty good job of following the rules, so we didn't really have these. Uh, and certainly, 
at the other. They're doing a pretty good job, big job of doing the, uh, you know, the vaccination in particular, the most vulnerable groups. And I, and I think, and it's an interesting aspect because the United States, all of it will be, you know, this warp speed. I mean, here's the thing. The, you know, the white, the rollout gap and the number of people getting vaccinated here in the U.S., as well as in Great Britain, where, you know, you had the op where people literally were able to get the vaccinate, you know, the vaccines on the market and then into people's hands. Europe is really falling behind. And part of it is, is that you have a bureaucratic European Union that, you know, have just not done a good job of getting their manufacturing, you know, their pharmaceutical companies up to speed. Uh, not just mm-hmm. up to speed, but see, and, you know, the other aspect is I think there's a, because I know they basically for a while, you know, some of the European countries banned the AstraZeneca uh, data, the AstraZeneca because there was some possible blood clots issues, which in the end turned out to be that there was no real serious harm, but the damage has been done. And I suspect, you know, nobody said this, but I'll just say it. Is I suspect since British the Brits left the European Union, this is their revenge. And the fact that governments be willing to put their own people at risk just to stick it to uh, to a country uh, says something about the kind of you know if you if you ever want to you know compare us to others, you know I would say uh, there's your comparison. Uh, they have not done a good job in all that at all. Uh, so we're getting close to the uh, we're getting close to the end of the time here. Uh, yep. So so I do want to have one quick story, and then we'll uh, kind of conclude here. A Pennsylvania prosecutor demoted delivery for DoorDash while he was working. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, that's kind of dumb. Yeah, it, it's I mean, not, yeah people right not, now I mean, are literally trying to survive right now, and they're doing everything they possibly can, especially with COVID. So, I mean, that's just that's stupid. But yeah, I mean, here's the thing: the guy's making one hundred twenty-five thousand dollars a year. It's not like in LA. In, L- in LA, that's nothing. <laughs> Yeah, but in Buck Buck that, County, that, Pennsylvania, in in Doylestown, Pennsylvania, that's something. Yeah, I'm uh, sure. I'm I, sure. Yeah. So I mean, this would be I'm the equivalent sure. of two hundred fifty thousand or three hundred thousand getting paid in L.A. I would suspect. So mm-hmm. he said, "Well, I probably did the job nights and all weekends." And I'm thinking, well, why are you even doing this thing to begin with? And it I, could I be lucrative. I, I, it could yeah. be lucrative. Right. I'm pretty sure. I guess so. I don't know. Well, yeah. I made incredibly poor decisions to deliver during the work days at times. And uh, so it, it, I'm just thinking to myself, are you kidding? You know, this guy, in effect, is working. DoorDash, while you know, while taking a turn here or there prosecuting people. So, 
And here's the other story. Uh, and this is, this is for those people who are somewhat squeamish. How would you like to have this? Record rains lead to heavy floods, heavy floods that causes bugs, snakes, and other critters. This is in Australia to seek refuge. And a lot of people will find this in their yard, in their houses. So can you imagine, you know, waking up and going out the door and there's about uh, a few snakes on your front door porch? Um, growing up in Miami, Tom, <laughs> not unusual. Oh, I forgot, yeah. Not unusual. I forgot, yeah. I forgot. And even in I, California, I, 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 Tom, even in California, um, I where I go hiking, I go hiking up in Hollywood, like where the Hollywood sign is, and there yeah. are rattlesnakes all over, all over. Hmm. So you got to be careful. Oh. All right. Well, you know, I, I tell you, yeah. I tell you thing. Yeah, I would say this. I, my favorite Florida story, I know I've told this before, but I, you know, Years ago, you know, we were visiting my sister-in-law, and they have this. They have this sign, you know, on this pathway, you know, don't leave mm-hmm. your dogs and cats unattended. Oh yeah, for sure. And and I and I said, well, that's really nice that they want you to make sure that your dogs and cats are not running around loose. And my sister-in-law said, no, actually, that's not the reason. And I said, well, what would be the rational reason? Yeah, he says, alligator. They snack yeah. Oh, yeah. on dogs and cats. <laughs> For sure they do. Yeah. Yeah, and let me tell you, I mean, the thing is about gators, because I can always remember, I went to a sale, we had a sales meeting, and we had like a cookout. And and I remember about a quarter mile, you can live, you can see there was like a lake. I mean, like a pond, I mean, a kind of a, a lake, a little bit of a small lake. And you look down there at the bottom of the hill by a quarter of a mile, you literally can see four, three or four gators sitting there just kind of flaking around with this pond. For sure. And I'm like, you know, I'm thinking to myself, hmm, they're, you know, a quarter of a mile doesn't seem to be that far of a distance from a hungry gator to a group of sales representatives at a meeting. <laughs> yeah. So, so that's, yeah. yeah. All right. Tomorrow's the nice show. Uh, uh, like I say, we're still working on it. We're working to get some people on the show tomorrow night. Dr. Larry's got a, a guest dealing with uh, a lady who hand, who works with veterans. And so she's going to talk about her experiences. And, uh, and, and again, happy birthday to Coco Kanske. You know, Thank she's only, you. you know, she's 23 years old. Uh, Is that yeah, correct? I wish. <laughs> I wish. Yeah, so, all right. I, I look it, say, though. Thank you. Yeah, that's, you do. That's right. I still look like I'm in my 20s. Some... Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, listen, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank everybody very much. This is Donaldson Files on the Bachelor News Radio Network. Uh, Donaldson T. Files will have some of that data up for you. Uh, So we're saying good night on the Bachelor News Radio Network and the Donaldson Files.
Hey, want to welcome you to You and the Law Podcast Show on the Bachelor News Radio Network, a show about your rights, a show about policing in America, where no topic is off limits, where we give you the facts. Uh, today's headlines are full of stories detailing encounters between law enforcement officials and the black community. And uh, on You and the Law Podcast Show, myself and my co-host, uh, we will talk with you about your basic rights and responsibilities that the police officers have in protecting your rights as citizens. So uh, we're glad everyone is, is joined us uh, for another great show of uh, You and the Law on the Bachelor News Radio Network. And uh, we've got a, an exciting topic that we're going to be talking uh, with our listeners about. Uh, but without further ado, I need to introduce the man sitting to my Right, who goes by the name of Chief Swag. How you doing today, brother? What's going on, Brother V, and to the listeners out there, happy Tuesday. Uh, yes, sir. It is uh, happy spring, beautiful weather. Yeah, and, uh, definitely. Just, uh, yeah, man, so you doing all right, man? You been doing good? I, I've been doing good, sir, doing great, man, just enjoying uh, this uh, nice, Spring weather that that we're having and uh, had a little rain, but the rain has went away and now we the sun is out. So it's it's a shine it's a sunny Tuesday. So um, you're not walking again. around in shorts, are you? Oh, hey man, no doubt. You know, sun comes out, you got to put on some shorts. Man, but you don't have on a muscle shirt though, right? No, 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 man. You know, oh, okay, no, good, no good, muscle good, shirt. Good. No, just just, just right. some shorts and some just some shorts and. And some flip flops, man. And the and the Velcro shoes with the long socks. <laughs> hey, man. You know, you know. I saw I saw a picture uh, of a guy wearing some uh, some tube socks with some uh, slide in. You know, some some. Okay, some, what's uh, wrong with that? You know, man. You know, it, it, you know that was a style back in the in the eighties, man. In the seventies, eighties. You know, two socks. No. You know, two socks in. What's wrong with that, man? That's what I mean. What's wrong with wearing a brown suit, white two socks, and black shoes? I mean, what's wrong with that? That's professional, right? Hey, man, if that if that's your style, go ahead and profile it. Okay. That's your style profile. Yeah. <laughs> I heard that's how you dressed as a. I heard that's how you dressed as a detective, man, back in the day. But anyway, let's well, move on with know, the topic, man. Let's move on with the topic. Yeah. Yeah, man. You know, unfortunately, Keith, man, uh, we, uh, you know, with the last several, you know, with the last 24 hours, we've had another mass shooting, uh, yeah, which is a tragic. Everybody knows about this, this happened in Boulder. And then just, uh, you know, days ago, you know, there was a mass shooting in Atlanta. So, you know, once again, the the nation is, is dealing with you know, gun violence, mass shootings, and everybody wants answers as to, you know, why are these things happening and uh, what can be done to protect, uh, you know, what can, what can be done to protect people when they just out on a, on a normal day just going to, going to a nail salon or going to a grocery store shopping, you know. It's, uh, you know, but this is not something that's new, Keith. You know, this is something that's been 
unfortunately, has been going on for the past several decades. The past several decades. Well, you know what? And the main thing is, I, I, you know, I want to tell the listeners, stress the listeners, you shouldn't have to change your lifestyle or your way of living uh, for in fear that, for you know, being in fear that, that something's going to happen. Um, and I think that's what these individuals want us to do. They want to be martyrs. They want to make a name for themselves. They want to put people in fear, but we can't, you know, to the, to the listening audience, uh, you can't, please don't allow these individuals that do these things to put you in fear. Uh, enjoy your life. Go, you know, because <clears throat> that's their goal. And, and I will tell you this, I won't even refer to that person as a suspect. I'm going to refer to, that per, to them as that person uh, because I'm not going to uh, give them the credit or, or give them the, the, the notoriety that they were looking for. But what I will say, um, I want to, you know, prayers to the, to the uh, families of those 10 victims and Officer Talley's family and to the families of those other, t- other nine victims that were killed, horrifically killed yesterday. Uh, they didn't go to work thinking, uh, that, you know, something like that was going to happen. Um, he didn't go to work thinking something like that was going to happen. And you have this person who goes in for whatever reason, uh, which there's never a reason to take those type of actions, but you have this person that goes in and, and, and horrifically and cowardly uh, shoots people that, that are not in a position to to protect themselves. So uh, prayers to the city of Boulder, to the department, and to the families. And, um, you know, unfortunately, man, the thing about it, Virgil, is that it's not a matter of if, it's just a matter of when. Uh, when we have yeah. these type of situations, it's just, it's it's horrific. And I, I'm getting tired of it. I'm getting tired of all the violence and all the, and, and all the, the things that are going on in the nation with Asians being, Asian community being attacked, uh, all the violence and, and the, the political uprisings and, 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 and racial splits. And I'm, I'm getting tired of that. I really am. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, Keith, you know, the the topic that we uh, had chosen for the today and it's something we're going to uh, definitely get into uh, throughout the show, uh, you know, black voices in policing, you know, where are the black voices in policing? And but, you know, with the, the things that have happened in the last 24 hours with this the second mass shooting and then what took place in Atlanta, you've got two cities that are dealing with uh an enormous amount of, of, of grief and, and loss of life. And so uh, the gun violence and, and people, you know, even when we go back to, you know, the, the shooting that took place in Colorado, the Columbine, <laughs> you go back to, you know, the shooting that took place um, in Sandy Hook. And, you know, you and I, we had the, the privilege of going to D.C., uh, to, to talk to lawmakers about, you know, gun, you know, gun violence and laws that should be enhanced to uh, make it more difficult for people with mental health illness to, to purchase guns. And, Keith, I have to, you know, go, go back and reflect that, you know, where I was sitting at that day uh, when we were in that Senate hearing, uh, you were behind me. I was sitting on the same row of, of several of the parents from Sandy Hook. And what really got me was, and, and still to this day, 
I remember it when Lindsey Graham, you know, in front of this, these families who have lost their children in a school shooting, he was proud to say that, hey, I, you know, I take my AR and I go out hunting, hunting deer, you know. And so when you have policymakers who don't even take it serious, now they can get on TV, they can say certain things, but when you're that, to me, when you're that insensitive, when you're sitting in front of of family members who have lost their children in a gun violence, but you refer to, hey, you take your AR out and you go out hunting deers or whatever, who uses an AR to go hunt deer? I mean, to me, that was just, it, it shows the level. It, well, yeah, you, yeah. But it just goes to show you the level of where our policymakers are, the people who are making laws and passing laws, that uh, how serious they have taken this issue of, of gun rights. And that, you know, I, I kind of I said earlier that the the debate about gun rights is just as, Heated about people walking around wearing or not wearing a mask. So, Keith, we're we're coming up on our on our first break, man. We're gonna take this uh, break, and uh, we're gonna come back, and we're gonna get into this topic uh, about where the black voices in policing. But you're listening to you and the law on the Bachelor News Radio Network. I'm Emily Oxenschlager, assistant producer for Tell Me More, and one of the people in Black history who I remember most is Zora Neale Hurston. She was an author, folklorist, and anthropologist who is perhaps most famous for her novel, Their Eyes Were Watching God. She was proud of where she grew up, Eatonville, Florida. It was one of the first all-black towns to be formed after the Emancipation Proclamation and the first such community to become incorporated. To this day, when I read her work, I'm instantly transported to the world she must have seen before her. I can feel the humid summer nights of Eatonville on the back of my neck. I can draw inspiration from the strong women she writes about, women I imagine to be a lot like the fiercely independent Hurston herself. Armed with her notebook in hand, eyes and heart wide open, Zora Neale Hurston was ready to document life in words and ways rarely used before, and few have been able to replicate since. Hurston herself once said, there is no agony like bearing an untold story inside you. Thankfully for us, hindsight is 2020. And the stories inside Zora Neale Hurston are getting the recognition and readership they deserve. That was Emily Oxen. Chief Keith Humphrey and Virgil Green, 646-929-0130, the number to get in touch with them. Uh, the chat room is open. You can hit us up there, too, and, uh, of course, on uh, 
on their social media, their Facebook page as well. If you missed any part of this broadcast or any other broadcast that they have, make sure you go to their Unilaw page at our website, thebachelornewsradionetwork.com, thebachelornewsradionetwork.com. Back, Chief Keith Humphrey and Virgil Green. Good evening, guys. Hey, good evening. Hey, good evening, How LA. You How you doing, brother? Good, good to hear your voice, sir. Hey, we want to welcome everyone back to you and the law on the Bachelor News Radio Network. And, uh, you know, Keith, we got a, uh, a really good topic to, to talk about today, but we are also going to be talking about, you know, the unfortunate uh, mass shooting that took place in Boulder and then the, the shooting that took place in Atlanta and you know, one of the things, you know, right before the break, I shared, was sharing with you and our listeners about when we were in D.C. some years ago and what, you know, Senator Lindsey Graham had said in front of these families who have lost children and loved ones to mass shootings about just casually saying, hey, you know, hey, it's my right and privilege to go out and hunt on my property or wherever with an AR. And, and you've got these type of assault weapons that are being used to uh, to kill people. Um, and so, uh, you know, Keith, it, it, that was under the o- Obama administration, and I think a lot of – you saw the politics play out where just because he was a black man, certain legislative policies were not going to happen. And during his administration, there were – there were so many mass shootings that took place during his administration, Keith, that it it, it, it it was just unreal. And the fact that policymakers back then didn't move the needle to do anything on any kind of uh, serious gun legislation. Well, it, it, it goes back to misrepresentation, a misunderstanding of the First Amendment. I think the first two amendments are the most uh, are the two that are most uh, misspoken and, or misunderstood or, or mis, misstated. Uh, you know, we go back to First Amendment talks about freedom of speech. Well, free, it basically, basically talks about peaceful freedom of speech, peaceful. People take that part out. We talk about Second Amendment, talks about people's rights to bear arms. Uh, that's to uh, protect themselves. Uh, people do have a right. Nobody's saying anything about Second Amendment. As a police officer, I have a gun. I have guns, my personal weapons. But people have to start realizing that there is a component of of gun gun laws that that really that we we forget about. If you mm-hmm. have a form of mental illness, and I'm talking about that you have been diagnosed with mental illness, um, certain parts of, of mental, certain uh, levels of mental illness, you should not own a weapon. Uh, if, you, if you are a convicted felon of a violent crime, you should not own a weapon. If you are, especially domestic violence, you should not own a weapon. Weapons should not be easily accessible to children. Those really aren't very difficult to understand and very difficult to control. Um, I don't know why people believe that if you if you just take one of those let's let's talk about the red flag laws. Mm-hmm. Um, 
there there are there are people that have a problem law enforcement officers that have a problem with the red flag laws and for you listeners that aren't familiar with that it's basically if someone uh, is involved in a, in a crime involved in a disturbance and or they're believed to be that violence might continue or that person is deemed violent those weapons can be confiscated and put in a safe place that being a police department uh, until a judge proves that those guns should be given back to that individual. Nobody said anything about taking someone's guns permanently. It's all about safety. We can't get mm-hmm. people to understand. The, the responses that I've heard is, well, man, they're going to be coming for your guns. You know, next thing you know, they're going to be taking your gun safes and things like that. When, whenever we start putting those personal beliefs in front of the safe, in front of uh, people's safety, that's when it becomes a problem. I don't want to take anybody's weapons, but I do think there is a category of, of, of individual, or there's a criteria that when people reach that, they shouldn't be allowed to carry weapons. I'm not saying anything. If you want to buy a weapon, if you want to buy an AR-15 to go hunt, okay. I, I mean, I, that's, that's your preference. I have no problem with that. But when yeah. you want to put an AR-15 in someone's hands who has an established and a, and a formalized diagnosis of mental illness or someone who has committed family violence or someone who is a felon of a violent crime and you think that's okay for them to have a gun or you provide a gun to that person because they can't buy one, that's where the problem in itself lies. That's the things yeah. that we've got to – that's the things we've got to stop. The, the incident the other day in Atlanta, that guy just bought that gun that day. Now, yeah. there's no way. There has been. Now you're hearing people say, well, yeah, he had some, he, he had some mental issues. It was, there was some mental illness there. Really? Okay, well, then how did he buy a weapon? I mean, those are, those mm-hmm. are the things that, you know, and, and, we, and we get to the point. And the other thing about that, Virgil, you know, you're talking about voices, people saying, saying, saying things. There's a percentage of these individuals that are involved in these mass shootings that people know there's something. They've made some statement. They've written a manifesto that people have written. But we're in this phase of I don't want to get involved. You know, it's not my responsibility. He's got a family. Let them do this. Let them do that. Or, Or if they call police out, well, I don't want to be, I don't want to get involved. And then next thing that happens, this person goes out and he does something, and then we as law enforcement are blamed for it. Well, you didn't do right. what you all were supposed to do. So it's, 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 that, it's, that, it's, this, it's this love of weapons, and it's this idolization of weapons that are, um, you know, when you ask people, why do you have 40 or 50 guns? Well, because it's my right to do so. Well, they're right. It is their, it is their right to do so. But yeah. when we have people who fight back, People who are supposed to think about your safety, they're writing bills and passing laws for the safety of everyone. And you have someone such as Lindsey Graham that gets up and says something like that. That is quite disturbing. And you have, and you have the families of, of, of murder victims sitting in that hearing, <laughs> and you yeah. say something insensitive like that. And then when you stand up, and I remember Ed Flynn, the police chief from Milwaukee, Milwaukee who basically yeah. went toe-to-toe with Lindsey Graham about that. Yeah, he did. And then Ed yeah. started getting emails from people throughout the nation threatening him and, and basically saying that he was un, 
patriotic and and he was you know unfit, uh, unfit for his position unfit for his position because he was basically saying hey we got to do something about all these guns out here mm-hmm. you know so that's that's you know and, and and that's that's amazing that people have that but that's just my my say in this and and so um, yeah very well, concerning well, yeah yeah, well, and Keith, you know, even with this latest latest shooting where you've got, you know, uh, again, it goes back to the politics. And when you have got people who have lost their family members, communities are suffering, police officers are being killed, and then you have people like Ted Cruz who accuses Democrats of, you know, this, I heard him say earlier that this was just some ridiculous theater that the Democrats were using after this shooting. Well, again, how is, again, why is the politics, why is it a a Democrat and a Republican issue when the issue should be focusing on how can we prevent these shootings from happening? And unfortunately, this even came from the former FBI director, I just don't think there's absolutely nothing will keep these types of incidents from happening again. We have an enormous amount of weapons that are available to people. Uh, if if a person can't walk into uh, a legitimate business and purchase a gun, there's somebody who is going to sell them a gun uh, if they want one. And just like with the person in Atlanta, Keith, uh, in Colorado, and all the other ones, it has been related to some type of mental health uh, illness. And even when we talk about the shooter in Las Vegas, where I I think people are still to this day trying to determine what was his motive behind it. Why did he do the things that he did? And, and, And he didn't leave anything behind for investigators to you know, to kind of create a profile about this person. So uh, well, he did. But, he did leave something. He left something behind, Virgil. He left a lot of questions, and he left a lot of hearts broken. Yeah, he did. Uh, he did. And a lot of mourning behind. He did. He did. Yeah. And and so you know, uh, you know, his motive was I want to. I want. I don't care. His motive was I don't care about my life, and I don't care about the life of others. So yeah. so basically, but, life didn't life didn't mean anything to him. Yeah. Well, and Keith, I don't think, you know, this was shocking to me preparing for the show today is that the Colorado shooting is the seventh mass shooting in the past seven days in the United States. So to run these down before we go to our break, we had March the 16th, Atlanta shooting. March the 17th, the, the following day, shooting in Stockton, California. March the 18th, a shooting in Grissom, Oregon. Uh, March the 20th, shooting in Houston. Uh, March the 20th, same Saturday, shooting in Dallas, where eight people were shot in an unknown, from an unknown assailant. The same day, uh, mass shooting in Philadelphia. And then just yesterday, the shooting in Boulder. So seven mass shootings in seven days, Keith, is, is an enormous. And, Virgil, we, we have to provide a, a definition of mass shooting, and of the, the legal definition of mass shooting is 
an episode in which four, which four or more people are killed uh, by one or two perpetrators at the same time mm-hmm. during the yeah. same incident. Yeah, and all of those were were, yeah. uh, were put in the same category as as a mass shooting. So, key, you know, yeah. it, that's that's just in the past seven days. So, uh, uh, there's there's a lot of soul searching going on. Uh, is related to what has taken place over the past seven days. But, Keith, we're coming up on our next break, man. We're going to take this break, and uh, when we come back, we're going to get into the topic of where are black voices in policing in America. But you're listening to You and the Law on the Bachelor News Radio Network. Any response to the new treatment in Colorado yesterday? It's tragic. It's absolutely tragic. Um, it's tragic. Uh, ten people. Um, we're going about their day, living their lives, um, not bothering anybody. A police officer who was performing his duties and um, with great courage and heroism. Um, seven children, I understand. Tragic. Tragic. Well, hey, Keith, uh, we're back uh, with uh, you and the law on the Bachelor News Radio Network, and we want to remind everyone that uh, this is your first time listening to you and the law on the Bachelor News Radio Network, that uh, we want to remind you that the calling number to the show is uh, 646-929-0130. That's 646-929-0130. And if you haven't uh, liked us on our Facebook page, we encourage you to go to our Facebook page at you and the law one and uh like our page and and share it with your uh family and friends and uh we do uh we're pretty active on there and we uh put a lot of uh, uh good information out there for for our listeners and so uh go to the uh you and the law facebook page and hit like and uh, uh leave a comment and uh also if you've got a a topic or something that you would like for us to to talk about on uh, you and the Law Podcast Show, uh, leave your comments, and we will definitely uh, respond to those. And we love hearing from our listeners who uh, tune in and listen to You and the Law on the Bachelor News Radio Network. But, Keith, um, hey, Bert, you know, let, me, let me say something. Just go ahead. To, let, me just say a bit, let me just say this real quick. So to the listeners, uh, since 2013, based on the definition that, I, that we provided earlier about what, I, what actually um, what actually what is actually a mass shooting? There's been 2,100 mass shootings in the United States since 2013. 2,100 wow. mass shootings fall that, that fall under the category of more than four individuals being being shot at one particular one in one during one episode. Mm-hmm. So 2,100. Now, that doesn't mean all of those ended in death, but it doesn't matter whether they ended death or not. A gun was produced and people were shot, which, yeah. which has so much collateral damage for that victim's families, for that community, uh, and, things, and, 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 and stuff like that. So, which, which I think people don't realize, Virgil, that can have an economic development, uh, it can have a, a negative effect on economic development, which means mm-hmm. 
Yes, which means people don't want to move. Businesses don't want to move to those cities when people deem their cities as being violent. Yeah. And for yeah. that location, if you have a mass shooting, I can tell you right now, go back to the Aurora, Colorado shooting at the movie theater. Man, that had an adverse effect on all movie theaters in the nation because you just oh, had yeah. people who panicked and didn't want to go to a movie. So it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's so much collateral damage that occurs when these things happen, it, and, it, and it affects people emotionally, uh, spiritually. Uh, it does because people start, you know, they're, they, they don't want to do anything, and then people start questioning, um, you know, is their faith strong enough? What's going on? Why is this happening? Uh, it's just so much collateral damage that's done. Uh, when these things occur. So I just wanted yeah. to get that out there to the listeners. Okay, okay. Well, hey, Keith, we're going to switch gears, and, and we're going to get into this topic of uh, uh, black voices in policing and, and, and where are the black voices in policing. And, you know, when I shared this with you, you know, I said, you know, after, you know, the, the death of George Floyd and so many others this past year, um you know, it brought about a new focus on issues related to uh, policing in African American communities. And uh, but, you know, there's a, however, there's a group of voices that are often unheard, and um, and and but very important voices, Keith. Uh, whether it's a black police officer, whether it's a black sheriff or a black uh, police chief, those voices really need to come out and and speak out against you know the the racism uh that's going on in law enforcement and how uh black men and women are are treated and and i think that's uh, that's another issue that the black community has with blacks in law enforcement the fact that they don't hear our voices they don't hear people come out and publicly condone these types of incidents where you see a, a a police officer kneeling on a man's neck for eight over eight minutes begging for his life and we have organizations who have come out they condone it but as a whole what is what do you think is the reason behind our black men and women coming out publicly and, and speaking out against these type of things that are occurring uh, in the black community. Are you asking what do, what do you think that's that? Um, well, well, I'm asking you, what, what, what are you doing? Yeah. What, what do you think? Are there any barriers? Are, are there any barriers there that are preventing <laughs> these men and women from coming out publicly having a, a, a a bond together to address some of these things that are occurring either in their communities or in communities around the country. Because I just don't, I know, I don't, I haven't seen a large group of black police chiefs and black police officers together coming out saying how horrific the incident with George Floyd, the incident happened with Breonna Taylor, all these things that that have happened in the community is is sitting back and wondering, well, where 
are the black police officers? They're there, but why are they being so silent? Well, I don't think they're being silent, Virgil. I think a lot of the – I know the, the executives uh, speak through the – allow Noble to speak. And so then you have a collective voice uh, of law enforcement, black law enforcement professionals who are speaking out uh, as one. So I think they, I think they do that collectively and collaboratively. Uh, individually, I do know you do have those individuals that do that. I know, I know that uh, Renee Hall was very uh, Vera Bumpers, uh, James Craig, uh, Michael Harrison, Danielle, myself, Danielle Outlaw, myself, uh, you, and others have done it. But I think there's a hesitation. I know Art Acevedo uh, has been very vocal. Oh yeah, you know regarding yeah. regarding yeah. that uh, to the to, to the point that he's gone toe to toe with uh, state governmental officials, and also he went toe to toe with uh, the last president uh, about yeah. you know racism and, and things like that. So, uh, not to digress, but I think you do have those individuals that are feel they are caught in the middle if they talk about. Uh, this, uh, then their departments, uh, police officers will, or law enforcement will say, you don't support us, or you're not one of us. If they, if they, if they don't, then you have uh, the the communities of color saying, man, you, you don't support us. You're insensitive to our needs. You could make those changes. And let's just put it, Barry, everybody's not cut that way. Everybody's not made the way you and I are made where we stand up. You know, everybody's not made the way of Vera Bumpers or uh, mm-hmm. C.J. Davis or Gina Hawkins, you know, uh, you know those, in the, those, those chiefs, you know, uh, chiefs within that we know within Noble, uh, Ken Bugner. People aren't, people aren't, some people aren't made that way. And so it, it, it's one of those things where they feel they're caught in the middle. You know. Uh, as a as a black police chief, we are in a unique position. Uh, we are in a very unique position because we do wear both hats, uh, and you know we can always take our blue hat off, but we can never take our our skin off. And so, but we do have a platform, and we have to utilize that platform. And I do believe there are some individuals who just do not. Uh, feel comfortable utilizing that platform because they're worried about the political fallout. Um, that uh, I, I'll give you an example, man. My my last department, I would always try to put out video uh, of showing uh, some of the things that law enforcement were doing wrong. Um, take the race out of it. It didn't matter if it was a white officer and a black suspect or a black citizen um, because I don't I want me to clarify that. If it was a black citizen, Hispanic citizen, it didn't matter if it was a black officer and a white citizen or, or black, you know, it didn't matter. But you, I had officers that when you put those out and you basically say this is not the way you treat people, the, the, they would key on the fact of here he goes again saying that a white officer is insensitive to blacks. That's not what that was saying. It was basically yeah. the message was you treat people with respect you treat people with respect, and if you know that's no matter what they do, no matter what they've done, you you don't you don't you always you you treat people fairly. That's what we do in law enforcement. Take take don't just focus on this because you feel this way 
look at it as something I can learn. Uh, and I think police chiefs of color are sometimes afraid of that, that backlash. Um, and, and that's not a good thing. You know, you, you, you've got to stand up for what's right, and you've got to be willing to talk about the difficult things that are going on in this profession. Yeah, and I think, Keith, that is the thing that, that I've heard from, from people in the community when they say, you know, it, it's bad when you've got other groups come out and, and advocate and speak against the, the police violence, uh, but they're asking this question, or do they not see the same thing that we're seeing? Uh, and and I have and, you know I have to say yeah I think they're seeing the same thing that you're seeing, but there's apparently some barriers there that are preventing them from coming out speaking uh, openly about this. And Keith, I'm reminded of, of something I saw this past weekend on 60 Minutes, where the Air Force came up with a new program to where. Uh, black airmen, men and women, could openly um, speak about things that had been often they didn't feel comfortable with speaking about, and they knew if they did speak about it that they would receive some type of of, of harsh punishment, disciplinary action, and even up to trying to get them out of the out of the uh, air force. So um, it's reminded me of the same things that the law enforcement community is, is dealing with as well as what is going on in our military with black men and women in the military as the same thing with black men and women in law enforcement is the fact that oftentimes there's not an outlet to say the things that you want to say. And if you do say those things, now all of a sudden in that squad meeting, prior to shift, everybody is looking at you like you're not one of us, you're one of them. And and that can cause some some tension within those departments. But Keith, it, it just when when the black community is seeing uh the, the things that have taken place, there has to be and we've talked about Noble coming out with statements and Noble coming out very strongly against those things, but uh, collectively, uh, but on another level, people are, are wondering where are the black voices of men and women who are working in the streets and they're seeing these type of behaviors uh, take place uh, within the department. And, you know, Keith, it's something that, you know, I know our listeners are probably asking that same question. Uh, and and so uh, again, uh, you know, if if you're listening to the show, if you want to call in with your comments, if you want to uh, send a message in in the chat room, please do so and let us know what's on your mind. But Keith, we're going to take this uh, this next break, and when we come back, we're going to get back into this topic of where are the black voices in policing. Uh, but you're listening to you and the law on the Back to the News Radio Network.
Developing overnight, eight people are dead in three different massage parlor shootings that happened near Atlanta, Georgia. Police are saying that a total of four people were killed at two parlors across the street from one another in Atlanta, and then four others were killed in another massage parlor in Cherokee County, which is just north of the city. The original call came in as a robbery in progress. 21-year-old Robert Aaron Long is believed to be the lone gunman who carried out all three shootings. We had really good information about his vehicle and, of course, cameras are everywhere now. Everywhere now. So from what I understand, they were comparing uh, the images of the suspect and his vehicle and tag information and all that. We just heard numerous gunshots coming from across the street. They wouldn't let us out. Police have not released a possible motive behind the shooting, though they believe Long acted alone. Welcome back to You and the Law on the uh, Bastard News Radio Network and uh, WCOM in Chapel Hill. Just heard another expert of uh, shooting in Georgia there. Uh, if you want to comment on that and the topic uh, tonight, uh, you can call 646-929-0130, 646-929-0130. Chat room's open as well. Um, and the chiefs are talking about black voices in policing or, or lack thereof. Guys, I'll have to ask you a question. And I heard um, you guys are talking, going into the break and about noble and and collectively having a voice um and i i guess one would add if they're if if you get to ranks of police chiefs like yourselves or something along those lines then you know you got you got some more weight some uh, a bigger voice no other no, no different than any other um profession uh, however again those who are chiming in uh, via uh, chat or um, on email are saying pretty much the same thing. Uh, if if we we can't we have to be able as black people have to to stand on Black Lives Matter. It doesn't have to be politically put in that way, but black lives have to matter. White folks ain't, ain't driving while black getting killed by the color of their skin. They're not getting discriminated uh, because of the color of their skin. So I want to hear this all lives matter, and a lot of people don't want to hear it. They really don't. That's just real talk. And so I, I heard a, um, a retired, uh, I think he was a police chief. He was in Chicago, and then he moved to some, you know, spot um, on the East Coast, I think Vermont somewhere or whatever. Um, and and he tried to blame January 6th on Antifa and Black Lives Matter, and he's one of your brethren. I mean, it, so, so this is the issue. Wow. Black folks don't want to hear all lives matter, just like they don't want to hear that. People, other people, let's just say, need to own up to their responsibility and understand 
George Floyd don't look like Donald Trump. George Floyd look like us. And 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 individually, guys have to speak up. You guys are doing it, but not everybody knows Noble. With all due respect, you know what I mean. So it's got to yeah. be spread out. And people don't want to hear all lives matter. That whole mentality, because that's allowing the bad apples in your group to get away with what they've been getting away with for so long. Well, well, LA. Let me say this: it, it comes down to people not having or not wanting to have a good understanding of the purpose of Black Lives Matter. What people see is when when you have a Black Lives Matter event, and, and then you see a few people, or, or 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 then you see people who may be of color that may be get a little disruptive. They automatically assume that those individuals are part of Black Lives Matter and the purpose of the Black Lives Matter movement is to be violent. They don't get to want to understand or they don't understand that that's not what the movement's about. They don't understand that we're saying that the African-Americans are saying that nobody else matters, that we're superior. We're saying that our lives matter because on a daily basis, weekly basis, or a continual basis, or frequent basis, we're seeing our people killed, uh, and they're unarmed in situations involving police. That's what it's about, and it takes police chiefs like myself and Virgil to drill that in. It takes police chiefs like Virgil and I and the, and the police chiefs that I named. It, 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 takes those it takes those individuals to bring members of Black Lives Matter into their command staff meetings, into their training academies, just like it takes bringing people, groups like LULAC, LGBTQ uh, groups, other minority groups in to hear the history, to hear the story. It takes an African-American chief like myself or other minority chiefs to sit down and talk about the history and why you have the, the, the anger of Asian-American citizens now and Hispanic and African-American citizens and why they don't trust law enforcement. That's not a comfortable that's not a comfortable position for some to be in, but you have to have that discussion that yes, as a police chief, I am going to allow Black Lives Matter at the table, and Black Lives Matter is going to speak, and yes, we are going to attend those protests, and yes, we are going to talk about how we can do things better. Those are the things, and the and I call them. Um, you miss these moments. You miss opportunities to hit it out of the park when you don't. Uh, bring those the groups in, and you don't explain what the, the the term Black Lives Matter means. People don't understand that. So I'm getting tired of this Antifa. Antifa has never been. I don't agree with any extremist group. I don't care if they're left. I don't care if they're right. I don't. I don't agree with any extremist group. Mm-hmm. But Antifa and Black Lives Matter has not been identified as a terrorist group. They have not. The FBI standards, they have not. I don't agree with any, I don't agree with everything uh, Antifa does. I don't really agree with anything Antifa does. I don't agree with any, a lot of, I don't agree with some of the things that Black Lives Matter. I believe in freedom. I believe in everybody getting opportunity, people being respected, people being treated fairly. And I believe that African Americans should not have to walk down the street and feel threatened or feel as though their lives are in danger by the 
by the individuals who are who have been hired to protect them. So I, I get tired of people. The the, the 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 message that we're trying to deliver, LA, is that we want this to stop. We want it to stop. So I get tired of people throwing Antifa and Black Lives Matter up there or trying to compare what happened on January the 6th with Black Lives Matter protests and things like that. I get tired of, I get tired of that. that that's a, that's a, we call that a, a smokescreen, a deflection of what the problem really is. And I'll, I'll, hush, I'll yeah. hush after that. No, no, and I just wanted to say, mention to, to Virgil, you know, uh, and and this is L.A. Bachelor saying this. This is the views expressed at this moment is not the views of Chief Keith Humphrey and Virgil Green on you and the law. But anything black in this country, white folks just got a problem with. So the word black, they, as soon as they hear it, it's some angry, oh, it's got to be some violence. That's why they try to attach Antifa to black, which, by the way, is a group which is anti-fascist. doesn't mean black. But anything violent in this country, they they go to black. So that that's why they can't they can't fathom their own. Which on TV you saw most of their own going crazy at the Capitol trying to kill police and hang people. But anything black, black lives, black this, black that is bad in this country. And that's that's my my two cents, my opinion only. Uh, and I'll, I'll take give you guys your back in time. I apologize. <laughs> oh, no problem, LA. Again, thank you, man. But you know, and I'm gonna add to that. You know, LA and Keith, and to our listeners, that you know, this show, you you and the law, is a show about us providing our listeners, you know, information about their their basic rights when dealing with law enforcement how law enforcement should should interact with you, how you should interact with law enforcement, whether it be on a traffic stop or you're walking down the street or whether you're in your home. But, Keith, it, this is why we have this platform to, to share from our experiences and, and our positions uh, information to, to our listeners because these are things that, that are happening in the black community. And I have to stop and say these are things that are not happening in the white community. How many times have you heard of a white police officer, a white trooper pulling over a white law student, leaving from school, going somewhere, being detained for hours and hours in a police car, and then having uh, their U-Haul search and discovering that there is no drugs in the vehicle whatsoever and at the end of a, almost a three-hour encounter with the police, he's given some kind of warning and sent on his way. You don't hear white troopers doing that to white citizens. You hear white troopers doing that to black citizens. And what I just mentioned was an incident that took place in Arkansas and Keith, I, I, you, you, I don't want you to really even comment on it because it took place close to Little Rock, but it took place with the Arkansas State Police, a black law student from Fayetteville on his way to Little Rock was stopped in an area that you and I have traveled up and down the highway a lot, Russellville, and 
the officer said that he almost caused an accident in U-Haul. But this young man spent hours and hours in the backseat of a police car. They searched, they took a drug dog around the vehicle, said they got a hit on something. They went through and searched the whole entire U-Haul truck, didn't find any kind of drugs, and humiliated this law student who now has a, a legal action against the Arkansas State Police. But well, which you forgot things, about also, Virgil. He, Virgil, he also uh, uh, made an outcry to his to his family that he was scared and and he didn't want to die. And that that's yeah. the sad part of that, it. I know this young man's family, and it's yeah. just it's sad. Yeah, and and the fact that Keith, these are things that are happening to black men and black women. These are these are things that's not happening to white young men and white young women. These are things that are happening to uh, minorities, uh, Latinos, uh, Native Americans, and and blacks. As you're traveling up and down the highway, you should feel that you're trying to get from one destination to the other, but at some point you might be subject to a traffic stop that now is going to turn into something that you may not feel that you're going to even walk away from alive. You know, go back to Sandra Bland. Go back to all these people. And, again, we were having these conversations because these are things that continue to happen, Keith. And it's almost like law enforcement is ignoring all of the previous things that have happened. And to sit there and say, why would I let this young man sit in the back seat of my patrol car at night for hours and hours while we search his U-Haul and not just say, well, hey, sir, just have a safe trip to wherever you're going. Have a good night. You don't get that. And, and I'm not saying that that happens on every single traffic stop. But, Keith, this is why we have so many – we have 55% of Americans who – say that there needs to be some major change or a redesign in com- completely of policing in America. You only have just 7% of Americans say that it should stay the same. So when you got over 55% of Americans who are saying that major changes need to take place or there needs to be a redesign completely in policing, policing really needs to start listening to what American uh, people are saying to and, and and I think I think I think we are I think we've done better than we've done in the past we still have a long way to go don't don't get it don't give it twisted we still got a long way to go and I say we because I'm part of the we're part of the profession and you got to own it if you're part of it you got to own it and you've got to say when you get if you're going to say we're doing good things you got to say that we're all doing bad things but we gotta we gotta my um Mike from Jacksonville uh, said that maybe blacks need to focus more on civic duty and policing and judges rather than focusing on sports and politics. I I don't even understand. I, yeah, I don't, I don't understand that. That. Taken, I, that could be taken two ways, but I think I think a, I think a black person can focus on anything they want to focus on. I don't think it should be limited to focusing on anything. And and you should be able to focus on. I think you can do more. This is 2021. Uh, as an African American man, I can focus on all them, all those. 
and I can do well at all of them. So I don't have to just limit myself, or blacks don't have to limit themselves, or Asians don't have to limit themselves, or Hispanics, to just one area. You can focus on, uh, you can focus on many things. That's what makes this country great. That's why my granddad and my dad and my mom and my grandmother fought so that I could be able to 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 do many things, many talents. So I just wanted to get that out there. Please don't limit. Uh, Please don't limit minorities to one thing. You know, that's, that's, that, that's why we have a race problem in this nation right now, because people think, stay in your place. You look a certain way, you have a certain socioeconomic status, stay in your lane. You're not in a position to be up here or compete with people. You're not smart enough. You don't know enough about it. So I'm telling you right now, as an African-American man, I can focus on whatever I want to, I can I can focus on as many things as I want to, because I'm just that I'm, I'm able to do that. That's 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 how we do it. Yeah. Well, and Keith, I want to you know we want to definitely thank Mike for listening in, in Jacksonville to you on the long on the Bachelor News Radio Network. But I'm I, you know I think Mike is is saying that, and hopefully not in a negative way that, you know. Instead of focusing on sports and politics, focus on the civic duty and policing, and and come out and, and maybe I'm I'm reading into Mike's comments, uh, but yeah. I don't want to assume that's what Mike is saying. But I think Mike may yeah, be implying Virgil. that. Yeah, go ahead, Elliot. Yeah, Virgil. That he was based. He was trying to say. Just text me back. He was saying, no, contrary to what he's saying. He's, he basically is saying what you're saying, that if we focus in on more getting, you know, policing, getting our people into it rather than politics and sports, maybe it'll be a, a, a bigger difference, I guess. Yeah, that, yeah that's, that's kind of what I thought you were saying, Mike, in, in Jacksonville, that, you know, if we, 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 we do pay a lot of attention to sports, uh, but we also have – sports athletes who are now coming out and using their platform and their voices to talk about police violence. But again, you know, I I think we, we really need, and that's why, you know, Keith, I think this topic that we selected today was really important. It's something that I know we're going to have to probably jump back in because we're coming up to the last few seconds of the show uh, about where are the black voices in policing and where do they stand when these type of, uh, of things happen in the black community, whether it's in their community or some other community? Because if the police unions can bond together to address certain things, why can't uh, black police officers, men and women, bond together to show the black community that we have a voice and we're going to use that voice uh, in a positive way? Uh, but Keith, I didn't mean to cut you off, man. But uh, you yeah, know, coming up. On, <laughs> but man, it's been a, another great show, uh, and we want to remind our listeners that you know, if you miss any parts of this show, you can definitely tune in to this show and other shows on the the Bachelor uh, the Bachelor News Radio Network dot com. Go to our to the website, click on the show, and uh, listen to our shows. But uh, Brother, it's been a great show, and uh, we will see you uh, next week on 
You and the Law on the Bachelor News Radio Network.
my producer happened to thumb through the pages of my notebook. He came across the words and he said, we got to do something with these words. It's happening every day and people want to hear about it. Betty, you see, it's the story of a young girl making love for the very first time. Now, when I finally got a melody, I took it home and I, I played it for my mother.
got your problem, baby, and I got mine. Let's just spend it all by putting it together.
Just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 